Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Breathe In. I'm Tiffany, and Gunnar has the day off. He's been a busy boy doing school, and I'm so proud of him. But today I have a special guest. She's actually been on the podcast before. She was um, on our Facebook Live emergency podcast about the five feet apart um, advertising or whatever those awful things they came out with <laughs> to um, do for the PR. So um, let's all in, um, say hi to Aubrey Costellic. Hi, Aubrey. Hello. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank Good. you so much for having me. Oh, of course. Well, after our podcast, everybody was raving about you and they just had such great things to say and I'm like, we got to have her back. So I'm glad <laughs> I could have you back today. Well, thanks, and thanks yeah. to the listeners as well. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we didn't get to really talk about you. You are 23, living in Washington. I think that's always said. Uh, you have CF, of course, and I really want to talk about you and learn more about you because we really didn't get that. So why don't you kind of introduce yourself and tell the folks about yourself? Okay. Um, well, yeah, uh, 23, I have cystic fibrosis. Um of course, I was diagnosed at seven months old. Um, when I was first born, they honestly probably should have been able to find it then because I had the meconium ileus and uh, lots of other problems. My birth was a mess. My like arm was wrapped up around my my like neck with my umbilical cord. Oh my so it was like a, it was a mess, but there was a lot of problems and all of those problems together clustered enough to make them not catch the CF right away. Mm -hmm. Um, next six, seven months, um, I spent eating constantly, but gaining no weight, okay. coughing, crying, mm -hmm. <laughs> obviously being in a lot of abdominal pain and very congested, mm -hmm very sick. And then at about seven months, I was sent to the hospital because I had pneumonia, mm -hmm. RSV, whooping cough. <gasps> um, Just keep gosh, them coming. Pseudo tumor cerebri, oh so like a, a fake tumor on my brainstem. Wow. Um, there was other things too. My mom lists them and she lists like 10 things that That's were going insane. The time. So this was like six months after you were born? After I was born, yeah. Wow. And yeah, failure to thrive really okay. wasn't doing well. Mm -hmm. um, they really didn't make it sound like it was going to be uh, good for right. me. For sure. um, 
and I had I was misdiagnosed with like one of the things was an ear infection Mm -hmm. just super funny because you know maybe I had an ear infection but that doesn't explain everything else oh for sure Uh, like digestive stuff and definitely uh, like things that are happening around your whole body that aren't related to an ear infection right and that was like my big diagnosis at the time Mm -hmm. um and then my CF doctor heard about my case and uh, before, of course, he was my CF doctor because I wasn't diagnosed yet. And he really made that doctor that diagnosed me with a lung infection pretty, uh, made him look pretty dumb because uh, yeah. he was like, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what's going on with this kid. Yeah. Um, and well, he was right. And yeah. thank goodness for that, because at that point I was so sick that if I didn't have treatment for those underlying things I don't I wouldn't have probably made it oh, yeah. through all of the extra stuff the, the the stuff that wasn't necessarily CF mm-hmm. um like the whooping cough and all of that yeah fun stuff scary stuff uh, yeah it's, super it's scary so scary for your parents too yeah I my mom uh she was single at the time okay. um and or at least mostly yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, it, it's horrifying to think about, like, what she went through. Like, if I had children and was in her position, I, I don't think I would have even been able to handle it at all, oh. let alone handle it a well. Lot, a lot of people wouldn't. But then sometimes you have to think if you're put in that situation for your kid, it's you just do it. That's, you know, and that sounds like what your mom did. She's one strong lady. That's for I, sure. I'm, I mean, I, it's weird to say it, but like, I'm so proud of her. Cause I just yeah. feel like that is such like a hard, I can't even, I just can't even imagine. And my mom will listen to this. So I love yeah. you, mom. <laughs> hey, hi mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making sure I'm still alive and all that. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah. And then after that, um, my CF was actually pretty mild. Okay. Uh, once it started getting treated, mm-hmm. I didn't start going into the hospital regularly or anything until about halfway through high school. Um, And then I was doing IVs at least once a year. Um, And since then, it's been much more of a struggle since about high school. Um, I went through some declines, including some from Orcambi because uh, I took that and I didn't feel like it was doing a lot for me. But my doctor's like, no, this is a good thing. Keep taking it. And then I was like, I'm having a lot of problems, and I quit taking it, mm-hmm. which was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Some people, but my doctor can't was really scared of me doing that, right. especially because I was already pretty low at that time. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I uh, tried to hold jobs and stuff, but always really struggled. Was constantly on IVs, constantly mm-hmm. trying to. Uh, take two weeks off or yeah. work while on IVs, which is not, I wouldn't recommend it personally. Yeah, it's hard. Um, some people don't require probably as much rest, but I need to sleep pretty much the whole time I'm on oh, IVs. I agree. It's so exhausting. You need all the rest you can get. It's, it's weird how much it takes, like it takes on your body. Your body just needs to just sleep. I remember even having to go on an oral antibiotic um, post-transplant, and um, I felt so, just so, um, are you okay? Yes. Okay, it's okay, I'm just making sure. 
Um, I was just so exhausted. And it's real, y'all. I know it is real life right there. Cough attacks. Sometimes you have them. But yeah, so when I was on oral antibiotics after um, transplant, I was so exhausted. I didn't remember and it triggered me to remember fatigue. It's it's real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's always been a huge problem for me, well, at least since high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, always tried to hold the jobs, tried mm-hmm. to stay on IVs, tried to, yeah. or not stay on IVs, but tried to work while yeah. I was on IVs. And mm-hmm. I never knew, uh, as a young adult, I didn't understand why I was never getting better, but it was because I wasn't resting. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, at 21, I became disabled. Okay. Um, because my lung function was hanging out at like 40% and I was never okay. And I was having all sorts of digestive problems because for me, like when my lung function goes down, my, my digestive system goes with it. Yeah. I feel like that's correlated totally. It has to be, or it's just like an overall wellness thing maybe. Yeah. But yeah. So I was throwing up a lot. I couldn't keep food down. I was really, really struggling. And on top of that, the job I was working was really stressful. I was working for a cable company. Um, and so I was like also having anxiety symptoms related to going to work at all, but that's not why I became disabled. It was because I couldn't, couldn't be there more than like a couple days out of the week. Yeah. Well, I mean, stress just doesn't help either. It was variables. Yeah. yeah, You, I feel like stress mixed with CF and just progressing CF does not help at all. Mm -hmm. Stress is something that you don't need. Like no one really needs stress, of course, but when you have a chronic illness like cystic fibrosis and you're getting sicker, that is nothing, not something that's helpful because you will get sick (laughs) easily with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, I mean, working in the call center was like a Petri dish, really. Like people were like, this is the best job for someone with CF. And I'm like, sure, I'm not like running or walking, which honestly is probably better for me than sitting down anyways. But regardless, I'm not doing a bunch of strenuous labor, but I am around people that have a million kids and all of them are bringing all of their germs home all the time. Those people bring the germs to me and they don't get sick, but they carry the virus and then it gets to me and then I'm on IVs again and then I'm off work again. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, yeah, it was not, I I probably should have became disabled like way sooner, honestly, but I was just trying so hard to, to do the thing, you know? Yeah. And I understand that completely. You want to try to be quote unquote normal as much as you can and mm. do things that everybody else is doing, but then it comes a point that you just can't do it. Yeah, big time. That's exactly it. And so, yeah, I became disabled and thankfully I got approved pretty quickly because I was in Good. pretty, pretty crappy shape. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and shortly thereafter, mm. I like between my application and my acceptance, I started Simdico. Okay. Um, and that has improved my health a lot. I definitely don't Good. think that I'm ready to go back to work or anything, no. despite increasing my lung function a lot because I'm still exhausted. I'm still coughing mm-hmm. today. I, I mean, I, I when I say that my health has improved, it's also I now that I'm not working, I have time to go to the gym and work out mm-hmm. every day. I can yeah. keep up on things I couldn't keep up on when I was working. Yes. So 
um, I do attribute becoming disabled and stopping working. Mm -hmm. Uh, thankfully that I was able to do that. I do attribute that to part of my improvement. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think that if I started working again, that that would, a lot of that would go away. Yeah. Well, you need certain things in your life to keep yourself healthy. Like you said, going to the gym, that's really important. And it's hard to do that when you're working full time, as I have figured out that I have to make sure that I go all the time now, even though it's late at night, but I have to go. But I'm post-transplant. I'm not where I was. Right. But pre-transplant, when there was no way I could do anything (coughs) like where you are. There's just no way because I was just so sick and you just yeah, feel that progression. Through... Sorry, I did not mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, you're uh, good. Yeah, I had to go through pulmonary rehab before I could even go to the gym oh, yeah. um, because I just had no power. Yeah. Like I just couldn't, couldn't do much of anything. And I'm really glad I did that. Uh-huh. Um, what did they do for you at pulmonary rehab? Like what did you do? So they have you do the six-minute walk test mm-hmm. um, pretty frequently, like once a week. They'll check and see how you do with that. Okay. Um, thankfully, I wasn't really having any problems with losing my oxygen, so I didn't have to start using oxygen there. Okay. Um, I've actually been one of the lucky ones as far as that goes so far because yeah. I, the only time I've used oxygen is after surgery. Oh, yeah. um, thankfully, I'm sure that there will be a time that I'll have to use it. but well, uh, not in the near future at all. It's a whole new insurance problem that I'm not. (laughs) But yeah, they do the six-minute walk test. They have you start with really light exercising, Mm -hmm. like walking on the treadmill, going relatively slowly on the bike, five-pound weights, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, Just really start off light and work their way up to what they consider to be like a therapeutic exercise level. Okay. Um, And that was just really awesome because – they were able to kind of really show me what my limits were. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wasn't doing great, mm-hmm. um, but I did not realize to what degree. Because yeah. I, 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 there was no other CF patients in pulmonary oh, rehab, which is because yeah. we were all close to each other. But great. it was mostly older yes. people that had COPD. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing somebody who has COPD and admits that they've like smoked their entire life, right? Oh, yeah. 60, 70 years old and watching them go faster than me on the treadmill. Like, like, that was crazy. Um, yeah. That was crazy. And uh, I definitely wasn't the the worst off there. I don't want to make it sound like I was the worst yeah. off there. There was yeah. definitely people there struggling more than me, but I wasn't the best either. And at mm. 20, 21 years yeah, old at the exactly. time, you would expect to probably be the best oh, the sure. there. Yeah. So that was an eye, a really eye-opening experience. Even just learning that, like seeing really just how sick I was, was yeah. really useful. Because when I got into the gym, I was like, no, we're not going to try to run a mile right now. No, like, just go slow. <laughs> you have to, you know, you have to get back to, I mean, if you ever were able to, like get slowly, get back to where you want to be. And that's how I, I went to pulmonary rehab before transplant and I couldn't even finish it because I would get sick <laughs> like mm-hmm. all the time. And then I actually was the last time I was there uh, before transplant. It was literally like the week or two before I got my transplant. 
So it was time that I couldn't do it. <laughs> right. But then like after transplant, I went back and did it just to keep, get myself moving. Cause that's what you need. Like you said, you, you can't just go, go into it. You're not going to go in and run a mile. I had no muscle. So, and I was the youngest person there. And I know what you're talking about, like seeing older people like do so much better than you. And like, it's, it's kind of hard to like grasp because you're like, I am this 20 something person and I should be running laps around everybody. <laughs> I never mm -hmm. smoked. I never did anything, but that's what CF does. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you went to that because some people just don't don't know about it and mm -hmm. or are hesitant to go to it because they don't really understand what it is and it's great because you are getting like um attention and people are watching you so that they can see where you are and what mm -hmm. what needs like you said oxygen they'll check your <coughs> oxygen and then check everything else just to make sure that you are able to work out and be okay and your oxygen's mm -hmm. fine which is great i love that there's pulmonary rehab so Kudos mm -hmm. to you for going and doing that because that's great. Another awesome thing that I forgot to mention too mm -hmm. about pulmonary rehab is that they would have us check for the people that it was applicable to. Mm -hmm. They'd have us check our blood sugar afterwards. Oh, yes. And I hadn't any, I didn't have any idea mm -hmm. what kind of effect exercise had on my blood sugar. Oh, yeah. Because while I was working, I wasn't exercising uh -huh. much at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I had become diabetic since the last time I had really done much activity. So I had no idea mm -hmm. that I was going to drop so quick when yeah. I worked out. So that's also helped me realize you have to, I, I have to eat something before I work out. Like monitoring blood sugar is so mm -hmm. important. And I'm glad also that I learned that even though it's not pulmonary rehab type right. stuff, because that just became really useful and it could have been dangerous if I got yeah. trapped at the gym on a low right. blood sugar. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Because usually low, low, like when you exercise, you're, it like kind of balances your blood sugars, right? And then yeah. it can, if you're diabetic, sometimes it'll go bloop. It'll overcorrect. just, yeah, overcorrect in mm -hmm. your, I remember going and I, I was too high because I had just ate something and they wanted to test me before. And I was like, okay. And they're like, you're too high. Go go walk a lap around. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then they finally like let me, but it's true. They it's great that they check that because mm -hmm. you don't want to go low. No, it's not. It's, it's really scary. And uh, yeah, 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 that would be really horrible. I mean, I think about that all the time. If I like got a low blood sugar at the yeah. gym, like, what do I actually even do? What do, you do? Just yeah. go in my bring, car and hope it hope yeah. it figures it out. So I, obviously, I bring snacks and stuff. But I always bring an apple juice. Yeah, like a juice box. I always bring that, and then. The gym that I was at, that I'm at usually has um, something for sale that, but it's yeah, not like super true. sugary. It's like a Gatorade, but I mean, that's something. what we have too. At my yeah. gym. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'd probably get a Gatorade if I had to, mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it's just, I'm, I'm just glad that I knew ahead yes. of time and yeah, so exactly. Now, so now when you go to the gym, you know, I need to mm -hmm. make sure I get some carbs in me pretty much. Um, exactly. so, so you have CFRD then. Yes. Okay. Yes, so I when do. were you diagnosed with that? Um, I was, I think I was 20. It was right okay. before I became disabled. Okay. Right before I started pulmonary rehab too. Um, I do think that I'm part of the community though, that probably could have been diagnosed earlier. Okay. Um, I was borderline for a long time, but I had, I had very noticeable 
low blood sugars from yes. my mom would say probably like 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, okay. Like she knows, yeah. <laughs> she knows oh. even now, uh, she knows yeah. when my blood sugar is low and my little sister knows. For sure. um, so I think that I've probably had it from, I don't know, it's hard to know exactly when, uh. but I think that I was probably diabetic in my teenage years. Okay. And I think honestly that if that had been better monitored, then yeah. I might have done a better better job in the school stuff and the young yeah. adult stuff. But, yeah, I can totally um, see that. That takes a toll But it on seems like that happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. From what I've heard, um, they're like thinking about re- reworking the diagnosis yeah, criteria because so many people are going through that. They so. need to do that because mm-hmm. being diabetic, like if you don't know, then you're going to be losing a lot of weight. You're not going to be thriving. You're just going to have issues and you're not going to There's know what such, they are. Such fatigue. And yeah. I've also heard that it has like a direct impact on lung health. Yes. It, yeah. Um, all sorts, I mean, all sorts of stuff. I was dropping weight like crazy. I mean, so many symptoms. Well, that... And your kidneys, too. And everything, if you think about it, your liver, like everything in your body. Sugar is important. I mean, so at least important. sugar sugar working in your body properly is important. Yeah, because we need it to work. <laughs> that wasn't super loud. Oh, no, I'm trying to, like, hide my <laughs> As if you guys don't already know. It's okay. <laughs> I think everybody's fine with the cough. No worries. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. So what? So after you were um, disabled, then what was what was your like? What was your goal? You were just trying to get back to exercising, like you said, and kind of get a little bit better, so that yeah. I didn't really have a straight goal because I had no idea how much better I could even get. Mm -hmm. Once I was down to like in the high 30s, early 40s, um, I mean, I I was just trying to prevent progression, Mm -hmm. really. I wasn't even expecting to get any better. I was just I was just hoping that I would be able to prolong transplant because when they first when they really were like, you've been below 40 Mm -hmm. for a while. You know, I was like, oh, well, that's not great. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they gave me a handicap placard. Yeah. Um, you know, they they started rolling out the rolling out the transplant conversation. Yeah. And obviously I knew that that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a reality check. And I was like, you guys probably think I should stop working, huh? And they're like, well, yeah, you should stop yeah. working. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. So, so, yeah, I was just hoping I wouldn't progress. And thankfully, I've actually gained back a decent amount of lung good. function. I mean, I'm still still a sick kid, but yeah. um, I've, I've been very, very blessed with how much of my lung function I was able to get back. Yeah. And do you think the Simdeco's helping a lot? Yeah, I especially for the first year or so, I think it was helping a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, I feel like I'm kind of starting to slip into the every couple of months being sick, okay. never quite feeling like I'm getting back yeah. from IVs all yeah. the way, um, and oral antibiotics not really doing a whole oh, lot, no. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're starting to slide back into place, but I've gotten the last year of being so much healthier, and my lung function is mostly stable still, oh, so okay. it's just back to, I mean, it's always been management, but back to a little bit more management and a little bit more paying attention, a little bit more paranoia. Yeah. Uh, but, but now that we've got this new, 
drug coming out uh, that was approved today. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to buy a little bit more time without the paranoia for a little while. Yeah, it's so exciting. I've just been very excited and happy and it's been a great day. Um, mm -hmm. So do you, so when you have IV antibiotics, do you use a pick line or do you use a port? I have a port. Okay. Um, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did pick lines a couple times, but okay. really only a few times, like oh, three or okay. four times. Mm -hmm. But I've never had any veins. All of my veins have always been crap. They're yes. the ones you can hold, hardly see any of them. And the ones you can see are teeny tiny. Yeah. They roll. There's like no oh. putting a pick line in anymore. Yeah, so sure. they told me right after I graduated high school, okay. I had to get a port. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm super happy I did. Oh, I mean, the surgery is not fun. The coming back from the surgery is not fun. Yeah. But it's so much easier. Oh, it is. Um, to have a port for me than having a pick line. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what else I was going to say. I don't know why I said and, but. <laughs> well, I mean, when you don't have any veins, I mean, what are you going to do? You and I would get so anxious about pick line placements. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually curious to see if anybody else feels this way, mm -hmm. but I always, they always say it's, you're not supposed to be able to feel it being put in, but I feel like I could always feel it moving up my arm. Okay. And I, I mean, maybe that was just like nerves. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I have, I have anxiety, so that's yeah. a thing. It might um, be because you know what's going on. But I always on. felt like I could feel it and okay. that freaked me out so mm -hmm. bad. So they would have to, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I, I usually had to have some sort of anxiety, anti-anxiety right. treatment. Yeah. And they, they were like, this just this isn't worth, no. isn't worth it when you could just have a port. Yeah, and for sure. I was in support from the moment they said I wouldn't need to have any pick lines. Yeah, I was, <laughs> people have heard my story, but I just was getting pick lines, mid lines all the time. And my scar, my, um, all of my veins just got scarred up. Mm -hmm. And there was a time like one time it wouldn't even let the, um, the IV come out, the pick line come out. It like, clamped scarred inside oh like my my vein clamped on and it would not come out it was it's so crazy how strong our veins are just saying we were yanking on it and it would not come out so I had to wait like 20 I had to wait <laughs> a day horrifying. yeah no it was scaring me I was like am I gonna have this forever <laughs> um so we had to like it was halfway out and we had to coil it and put tegaderm on it and wait 24 hours until it would let it go and then it finally let it go but my veins just after a while just got so tired because I was getting IVs relatively um every year to t twice a year since I was about 11 um and I mean that that's a lot so yeah that is we, a lot um so basically they were just like, let's put a port in you because you're healthy right now. I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't even get like an IV in before yeah. they put the port. They put the, the I went into the port um, surgery. Um, so they're like, okay, we'll do this when you're asleep because like <laughs> we can't even do it. And I'm like, all right, sounds uh. good. Um, but yeah, then I've loved my port. I, I mean, I've always raved. Gunner is definitely a pick guy. He's never had a port, but he's a pick guy, so... Um, I was like, one day, hopefully you will never need it, but if you ever have a port, 
You're it won't see. be the end of the world. You're Gunner, you're going to be okay. Gonna, you're going to be fine. Yes, he'll <laughs> like it. So hopefully he never has That's so to. interesting. So, I've always but... been so much more scared of feeding tubes than a port. Oh, yeah. And I know that Gunner has a feeding tube. Oh, he, yeah, he loves that feeding tube. So <laughs> That's crazy. I, I mean, I, I'm not, no offense. No, no, no. You're, you're fine. You're great. Yeah. But like, that's just so interesting to me. Everyone has their different things, but. Yeah. I mean, like I had my feeding tube after transplant and I wanted that thing out like right away. Yeah. I was like, get it out of me. I don't need this. I've always been so scared of having one. I mean, it's not scary. It's just kind of like there and you're just like, okay, I don't need this. Um, (laughs) unless you really need it. Um, me for personally, I was like, I can eat my calories now and I'm not having issues breathing anymore so not, I'm not burning calories like yeah. I did um yeah. so there that was that so so now what um <coughs> what are you up to now uh, like lately um I've been well I I have a little bit of a lung infection right now okay. So I'm on oral antibiotics right now okay. so I'm mostly just going to the gym and resting and yeah, good idea that's that's most of that's most of what my day is right now. Yeah, so when but, you when you go to the gym, do you bring wipes? Do you do what do you do to like make sure? Because that's a germy place for sure. That's true. Yeah. The gym that I go to, I go to a Planet Fitness, okay. and so they have a sanitizing spray okay. everywhere. So mm-hmm. I just do it before oh, and yeah. after instead of just after. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't like. I mean, I'm touching my face right now, but after the gym, I don't touch my face yeah. or anything. I come home or I put hand sanitizer on before yeah. I really do anything. Um, and I have, I have, I mean, I still get lung infections, but I, I don't, I, I definitely get less and not more since going to the gym. So okay. I don't think that it's like put me in a okay. worse place. Yeah. Um, but it is a germy place. That's it for is. sure. I hear other people coughing there all the time. Oh, and I've also away. had people come up to me and comment on my coughing. Like maybe you shouldn't be working out while you're sick. And I'm oh. like, I'm always sick. There's no when I'm not. What do you I mean? <laughs> do yeah. I sound like a healthy person to you? Yeah. Does this cough sound good? I, mean, <laughs> I know it does. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you, I, it's funny when that happens, like I was always coughing up a storm. I don't think anyone has ever said anything to me, though, like, prior. No one said a thing to me, which is really interesting because I feel like I get more people saying something if I use my handicap placard. You know, I just, like, that's when I get stuff. I get, like, the stares and the glares and stuff. Um, But I don't, I don't, I never had anybody say anything about that. I've had a lot of people comment on my coughing, but I mean, I cared a lot when I was younger. It was way more like I, when I was, until I was in high school and the point where I was just coughing constantly, Mm -hmm. whenever I would cough in public, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this needs to, can this please stop right now? I can't believe this is happening. Like it was so embarrassing. Now I just don't really care. And I'm just trying to get to where I can talk again. Um, but that's, yeah, yeah, that's interesting because I was the same way in high school. I did. I tried to hide it as much as possible. I didn't want to cough because I was like, people are gonna stare. Most majority of people knew I had CF, but I was like, people are gonna stare at me. I'm gonna interrupt something. I don't want to do that. And then it's like that mucus coming up, and you're like, and you're like, 
you know, like trying to get it up and you're like, this is disgusting. I'm probably gonna. And you know, it sounds so bad. Like... Oh yeah, exactly. I just, I remember that, but honestly, we didn't really need to feel that way. But that's... I mean, when you're young, you're self-conscious. That's exactly. Really, it's... And I was always worried about people thinking I was contagious or whatever, which yeah. now I'm don't really I mean, I'll just tell you that I'm not, and you can believe me or not. <laughs> if you go away from me, that's I I, if you if you walk away from me, then I've won. It's fine. Yeah. That's fine with me. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think we're getting to the end of this podcast. But do you? Is there anything else you want to say to the people? Do you have any advice for anybody um, going through anything with CF? Um, well, I did want to say again, thank you for the listeners for being so nice to me and, and enjoying me being on last time and inspiring you guys to invite me back. Um, and as for anybody going through anything, yeah, I, I'm very much, uh, we talked about ports. I I very much recommend them. I see lots of people all the time, like so scared to get a port. And I was once kind of scared to get a port too, Mm -hmm. but, um, I really, it really improved my quality of life. And if you're on, if you're on, uh, antibiotics more than once or twice a month or excuse me, once or twice a year, um, I really don't see any reason not to, especially Mm -hmm. since another, like you could go through something medical down the road and they could need Mm -hmm. your veins and having another vein or two left isn't, isn't a bad Mm -hmm. thing. Um, like I feel like if they used an ultrasound, they could probably get a couple more. They, it's just harder to find. Yeah. And I wanted to keep it that way just in case I needed emergency yeah. treatment. I guess that might just be a paranoia thing. But mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend looking into the port and not being scared of it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we also talked about, like, being embarrassed or scared of people yeah. uh, commenting on CF and yeah. things like that. And, um <sighs> Some people might think it's pretentious, but I really think there's value in making those experiences, if and when they happen, Mm -hmm. a learning experience for the person talking to you. Mm -hmm. Um, You can raise awareness by saying a single sentence, and awareness is very important in our incurable disease community. Mm -hmm. Um, People knowing about our illness is what causes new drugs to come out. Um, and what causes people to understand us more. Um, and if you don't feel like you want to do that, you don't have to, but, um, I do think that it's useful. And if you speak to someone in a vulnerable way like that, and you're willing to be honest and not just snap back at them, they're usually pretty receptive. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say, yeah, don't, don't worry about people knowing or finding out or wondering if you have CF or anything like that. It's, really the more people that know about it is actually good in my opinion. I agree. Um, yeah. And it's going to be like this anyways, you know, there's nothing that anybody can do to prevent CF. I mean, not, not post birth. Right. So, um, so I I just feel like making things as good as possible for the whole community Mm -hmm. is something we could all benefit from. Yeah. Um, that's really all I can think of. Well, that was great. That's great (laughs) advice. Yeah. I love it. And actually I forgot that we do a new recommends, um, section and I don't know if you know about it, but it's just anything outside of CF. It could be anything. Um, it could be with CF. I don't know. 
um, just what you recommend. So I'll go first, you can think. Um, so I love makeup, as we know. I'm obsessed. And I actually <coughs> got a palette that I've been wanting for a long time, and it was the Huda Beauty Nude Palette. And oh, I'm, so obsessed. I'm obsessed. Yes, I'm obsessed with it. it. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I have the it. neon orange Huda Beauty. Oh, look at you. Nine it's... pan. That's so I great. love those palettes. Those palettes yeah. are so good. That's a great recommendation. That that one's just it's so nice and it can go with a whole bunch of different outfits and stuff. This is like the girliest recommends <laughs> ever, but I'm just saying I really recommend it. It's great and I mean I'm sure Sephora will have their VIB um sale soon. So if you think think of getting a palette, look into that one. It's such a good one, too. It's so pretty. Uh, that's a great recommend. Now I have to do something that's not makeup. Oh, no, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Um, well, um, I'll start with a makeup one. Okay, yeah. um, I'm, I'm still really excited about the Jeffree Star Jawbreaker oh, pack. Oh, yeah. Um, it came out a few months ago, and it's probably old news now, especially with the Shane Dawson thing going on. But... Yeah. I love it so much. I I bought it and I shouldn't have bought it because it was so expensive, but it was, it's amazing. I love it so much. I'm not wearing it today. That's not yeah. where these greens came from, yeah. but um, it's awesome. There's lots of colors in it. The pans are huge. That They're oh. so creamy and beautiful. It's such a good palette. I mean, his stuff is like, even his highlight palettes are huge. They'll last you And even this, the single highlighters are like this big. They're huge. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I'm sure I won't even touch pan on any of those before yeah. it expires, but I am also going to keep it for years after it oh, expires because that's just what you do. Right. <laughs> but, um, I'm trying to think of something else. It could be I'm, anything. I'm anything you're like Anything you're just like loving right now. Um, <laughs> this is a totally separate thing, but, um, I've recently been playing this game that just came out, okay. video game, Perfect. for the Switch. I don't know if it's on anything oh. other than Nintendo okay. Switch. I love the Switch. It's called Untitled Goose Game. Oh. You may have seen memes about it. It's oh. a game where you simulate a goose, and the goose wreaks havoc amongst the humans. <gasps> so, you just, like mess things up for the people in the in the game oh it's like a gosh. cute little 20 dollar indie game it's oh, really funny. like it's not even a long game but it yeah. is so entertaining watching like you you like will honk at the people and they'll get all startled or you're like <laughs> grab something out of their hand and they'll chase you down and it's just so funny and it. chaotic and hilarious and that's mm -hmm. the only other thing i could no, think no, of no, that's to great. those are if great. you like a silly little indie game where you annoy humans as a goose then yeah check out Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I'll have to, like, go get that because me and my boyfriend love to play the Switch. So, you know, yeah, like, I Super Smash and all you that. You can just download it on the, on the Switch store, and it's oh, a really cool. cute little fun game. Even if you don't feel like buying it, like, watching yeah. videos of, of people playing yeah. it on YouTube is very it's entertaining. entertaining. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. I love it. Well, thank you, Aubrey, for being on here again. It was so fun. Uh, thank you so much for having me again. I've probably said that a million times, yeah. but I do appreciate hey. it. I'm such a big fan. Well, we love you here. So I guess that's all we have time for we have today. So if you are listening, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify.
And if you guys want to follow us, go to Instagram at breathe underscore and underscore pod. And that's also our email, breathe underscore and underscore pod at asiason.org. If you guys have any um, topics or you want to just talk to us, slide in the DMs, send us an email. We're here. So, um, yeah, that's our time. And I guess I'll see you next time. Bye. Mm -hmm.